0: Hi, guys, this is your host, Yahira Jones, and welcome to another episode of Dating with Herpes. This is episode four, and today we will be talking about some of the myths that you hear about the virus and to try to debunk those myths with the truth. As always, it is my hope and prayer that this podcast will educate and inspire those who suffer from the virus. Know that there is hope for you guys, and you are not alone. Let's get started. Now, when I was first diagnosed with the virus, I had so many questions, but very few resources for answers. Besides going to my doctor, I only had one person to turn to, and that was my best friend. Unfortunately for me, my best friend didn't always have the right answers, you know. She um, only went off of what she knew, which was very little. Keep in mind that I was diagnosed with the virus about 20 years ago, um, and the internet wasn't as advanced back then as it is today. There are so many, there were so many misconceptions about the virus back then, and there are still very many misconceptions about it today. People don't take the time to do their research. You know, they rely on what their cousins, best friends, sister, mother, you know, they they go to them for advice, but who's to say that these people have the right advice or the right answers? So there's no surprise that there are so many people still spreading and contracting um, the virus today. Now, for the purposes of this podcast, I'm I'm not going to try to keep you guys too long. Last episode was about 30 minutes long. Um, So for the purpose of this episode, um, I decided to narrow down the myths to my top 10 myths. Um, They're just too many to go over in one episode. So here are my top 10 virus myths. And I say my is because these are some of the things that I didn't have answer to and that I kind of um, went off of what people said or what I heard or seen in movies and not really going to the source and not really doing my research in the early parts of me learning about the virus. Myth number one. Only people who sleep around or who are loose contract the virus or other STDs for that matter. Now, we know that this is a myth, right? (laughs) The fact that there is, the fact that, you know, that I contracted the virus on my first, if you guys haven't heard my previous episodes, guys, know that um especially in episode one I shared that I contracted the virus my very first time. I was a virgin and I got it from my first partner. So that lets you know that you don't have to be loose. I hadn't been loose. <laughs> that was my first time and I contracted the virus. Um so you can have you can contract the virus, you know, the first time out. Um what was Hard for me to to understand, and I will share my story in the next episode, if not the next episode, then maybe the episode after that. But what was hard for me to get past was that, you know, my friends, prior to me, you know, having sex, I waited to have sex since I was twenty one. I was waiting for love. Um, but I didn't get it with love. <laughs> I ended up not sleeping with my, the first guy's with wasn't love. I, it was really lust. But I was waiting for love. And my friends at the time, and some of them I'm still friends with today, you know, they were sleeping around. They wasn't getting anything. And I was like, this is my first time and I get this, something that's going to stick with me forever. Not like a gonorrhea or, you know, crabs or something like that, which is Probably bad, probably bad too. But those are curable diseases, and you know this is my first time. And um, unfortunately, the thing with me is that I didn't choose to use the condom, so you know that was my bad. You know that was my fault. You know I can't really look at their lives and say why me. You know I didn't do what was necessary to prevent myself from getting the virus. So. All right. So myth number two, if you wear a condom, every time you have sex, you will not contract the virus. This is also a myth. Um, although wearing a condom is the best practice, it does not eliminate the risk. We all know that for those who don't know that, that is what it is. Um, it does not eliminate, um, the chances of you or risk of you getting the virus. Even wearing a condom doesn't eliminate the risk of you wearing a condom, I mean, of, of contracting the virus. Um, the fact is that you can have the virus on other parts of your genitalia. You can have the virus on your mouth, you know, on your leg, and it's a skin to skin contact disease or virus. So, Anywhere the skin is and you're having an outbreak and it contacts comes in contact with another person's flesh or skin, chances are they're going to contract that virus. So like for me, um, sometimes when I have an outbreak, I have an outbreak on a very fleshy part of my genital area. It's not on my leg, but it's not on my actual vagina. It's like on a... You will only understand if you see it, but hopefully... My description gives you an idea, but it's a very fleshy part of of my genital area. So say for instance, um, I'm having an outbreak. Based on the way I'm positioning my body and I'm having sex, my male partner can have on a condom. The only thing that's protected is his penis. Every other area of his body is subject to contracting the virus. I talked a little bit about that in my last episode. You know, although you may contract the virus in one area of your body, because the virus lives in the sensory ganglion, which is located at the spinal cord, the base of the spinal cord actually, it has the ability to travel through your sensory nerve fibers into other areas near the genitals, such as your leg, your buttock, your thigh. So that's why I said, you know, even though you wear a condom, it or it, it has the possibility of or your partner still getting the virus every other area of his body is subject to contracting the virus you know so I can sit on his face not to be graphic but if I'm having a outbreak a condom on a penis is not going to prevent him from contracting the virus the only um, 100% risk free way and I hate to sound so cliche but it is to be abstinent Abstinence is the only way to be 100% risk-free of this virus and other STDs. Every other area of his body is subject to contracting the virus, you know? So I can sit on his face, not to be graphic, but if I'm having a outbreak, a condom on a penis is not going to prevent him from contracting the virus. The only um, 100% risk free way, and I hate to sound so cliche, but it is to be abstinent. Abstinence is the only way to be 100% risk free of this virus and other STDs. Now, number three, herpes is not common. That's a big fat myth. (laughs) You know, according to the CDC, one in six Americans ages 14 through 49 are infected with HSV2, which is the form of genital herpes. About 20.9% of them are females. Um, Well, of the female population, I should say. 11.5% of the male population, and it's also found to be higher amongst African-American communities, which is about 39% in the African-American communities um, than in Caucasian non-Hispanic communities, about 12%. So about 39 to 40% of the African-American population um, are infected with this virus. And that's, a I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. When I saw that number, it shocked me, you know, versus 12.3% in the Caucasian non Hispanic communities. I wonder what that, that um, percentage is in other cultures, you know. Like, let's say, for instance, um, Native Americans, you know, they have such a close knit community. Do they suffer, you know, with this as well? That's a good question. All right, number four. You know if your partner has herpes. (laughs) That typically is a lie. (laughs) My first partner said he didn't know. At the time, I didn't believe him. But it's possible. Statistics shows that about 80% of people who have the virus have no or very mild symptoms. And I wish I was one of that 80%. (laughs) So you can't trust, you know, that they say, well, I don't have it because I don't have any symptoms. Can't trust that, you know. A person can have no noticeable symptoms of the virus, but they have it in their their system. And you can still get it, and they can still spread it due to viral shedding. So you have to be careful. That's why I try my hardest, you know, to, um, always use protection. All right. Number five, herpes is passed through the blood. And that is a myth. Herpes is not passed through the blood. It's not even present in the blood. As I already stated, it is a skin to skin, um, direct contact. So your flesh has to hit another person's flesh in order for them to contract the virus. Here's how dumb and uneducated I was once upon a time. Actually, about a few months after I contracted the virus, I wanted to get a tattoo. So me and my best friend went to Atlanta to get tattoos, and on the disclaimer form at the shop, the tattoo shop, it said, you know, I think it was something like if you have any known blood issues, you know, you can't get your tattoo. And I looked at my best friend, I was like, I can't get the tattoo, and she was like, well, Why not? And I said, Because you know. And we're standing in the shop, and she was like, uh, Yahira, you're good. Is not in your blood (laughs) so I know that if I was misinformed and uneducated about it being a blood disease that so many others who have not gone to their doctors or done the research and asked those questions um also were misinformed okay number six You can pass the virus by sharing a towel or sitting on a toilet when you have an outbreak. You know, this used to be one of my biggest fears for the safety of my family members or for the safety of my partners or for the safety of myself. um, I believe that if you sat on the toilet and you had an outbreak an outbreak, you know, the fleshy part of your body that the outbreak is on actually touched the toilet, or if you washed with a washcloth and you had an outbreak, you could spread it to another part of your body. That is a myth. <laughs> Again, um, the virus, it is passed through direct skin to skin contact. And um, when the virus leaves the body, from what I found out through research, when the virus leaves the body and is on a different surface that is not does not have a living cell or a skin cell, it actually dies. How quickly it dies, I don't know. That's something I may want to look into a little bit more. But it does not survive on any other um, surfaces um, that is not a living skin. It actually um, attaches and reproduces through cells, skin cells. So that's the way it thrives, that's the way it lives. That's the way it multiplies and without it, um, it dies. So that's good to know. Not that I'm gonna be nasty and you know, use a washcloth for days and days and days and then give it to somebody else if I'm having an outbreak, but I used to always be afraid that if I had an outbreak and I used the washcloth to wash my genital areas and then the next day use that same washcloth, I can accidentally um, move the virus to another part of my body. And I actually thought I did that. Um, some years ago, I thought I, that's how it moved from my, from my um, genital area to my buttocks. But like in the last episode, I talked about how, it, and I just briefed a little bit here, in this episode is that the virus lives in the um, ganglion sensory. Um, and that is how it travels throughout the body. So that's how you'll find an outbreak in another area that where it wasn't initially. Alright, so number seven. People with herpes cannot cannot have children. That is a myth. <laughs> um herpes does not affect a person's fertility, whether it's a male or a female. Um, a woman can actually carry and deliver a child through natural childbirth. However, this it, it is extremely important for that um woman to let her OBGYN know about her diagnosis to prevent it from passing to her unborn child during um, labor. Um, so like say for instance, if um the mother has an outbreak and she's actually given a natural childbirth because the child is going past the vagina, it has a chance of being exposed to the virus because that skin to skin contact. Um, so if the you know if the mother tells the OBGYN doctor, you know, hey, I have this virus, they can look for those symptoms um, and they may opt to just go ahead and have a cesarean section. But I do have friends who have had um, natural childbirth. One of my friends, she's had three children since contracting the virus, and all of her children are perfectly fine. Number eight. You can pass the virus to another part of your body by accidentally touching yourself. (laughs) This was another fear of mine, just like with the washcloth. Um, I'm going to be honest, this is an adult um, program, right? So I, for years, um, if I've masturbated, I would use a toy or I would use my hand but i would have to have a glove on my hand because i was always afraid that if you know i was virally shedding meaning that i have an outbreak um but there's no symptom um that if i was masturbating and i use my hand and touch another part of my body before washing my hand i would have the virus now in that area of my body for years i thought that way for years Um, (laughs) I don't know why I thought that, but I did. Um, but according to the New Zealand Herpes Foundation, once you have herpes at one site, it is rare to get the virus at another site due to touch because the virus has developed antibodies or antibodies. What lives in you remains in you. So if you already have the virus, it will remain in you. But the antibodies help your body. Um, from contracting a new form of the virus, so it's not like you say, for instance, if you um, and this this is my theory. I, I don't know if this is true, but my theory when I hear that is if and don't don't go off what I'm saying right here. This is my theory. You can you can actually challenge it, and I, and, I, and I want you to if you don't think I'm right. But my theory is if I already have the virus, if I was to sleep with somebody who also has the virus, we will not be giving it to each other. That's my theory when I read that. All right. And number nine, and this is actually going to be the last one. I had to omit um, one of the um, myths because I was duplicating my information. Um, But number nine, if you have genital herpes, you cannot receive oral sex. For me, this is a tricky one. The reason why it's tricky is because um, I found a lot of conflicting information. While most of the articles said that this may lead to oral herpes, or, you know, herpes around your mouth if you have oral sex and your partner is having an outbreak, um, a lot of articles said that, basically. But I found one that said that the transmission of mouth from the genital is uncommon so they find it uncommon that if even if your partner has um children's herpes and you give them oral sex it is uncommon for you to have um oral oral herpes excuse me and i found that one to be kind of odd that they would say that because there was so many articles that said something so different um And so to this day, I actually still don't allow my partners to give me oral sex. How sad is that? (laughs) How sad is that? I've only had oral sex once in my life. And the whole time I was afraid that this man was going to contract something from me, even though I didn't have an outbreak. So that guilt and worry, it just bothered me so much that I said, you know what, I'm not going to put anybody you know in that situation and here recently my partner really 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 wanted to you know perform oral sex on me and I had to tell him like listen we're not gonna do anything you know if you keep bothering me about this like I'll do you but I don't want you to do me I just want you to be safe and you know you can use dental dam and all that stuff like that but you know it's not the same I don't think <laughs> I don't think so I just don't do that. Now I want to hear from you what are some things that you've heard about the virus that left you scratching your head? Share with me by clicking the message icon at the bottom of the, at the bottom left of your screen or you can email me at Yahamma Jones hope at gmail.com. had to think about what's my what's my email account (laughs) but it's jahira jones is y-a-h-i-r-a-j-o-n-e-s h-o-p-e at gmail.com so you can click the button at the bottom of your screen that says message or go to that email address i would love to hear your stories and actually i thought of something special that i would like to do stay tuned for more information about my first very first Listener giveaway. Don't go away. Hey, are you there? Are you listening? Come here. I got a secret to share with you. It's a private group on Facebook called DWH. (laughs) Hey, you guys, it's your girl, Yahira Jones. Yes, I've created a private Facebook group called DWH, which stands for Dating with Herpes. So, how do you get to this group? Well, you have to go to facebook.com forward slash Yahira.jones.1. Again, that is facebook.com forward slash YAH i-r-a dot j-o-n-e-s dot the number one that's the first step once you're there i need you to send me an inbox message stating that you would like to join the dating with herpes private group once you've sent me that message i will send you an invitation so that you can join the link now this is a brand new page so there's not a lot of content on the Yahira Jones profile page, but I do have content on the group page. So again, go to my Facebook page, yahira.jones.1, send me an inbox message saying that you would like to join the group, and then I will send you an invitation. That's the only way to join at this time, but I want this to be a place where All of my listeners can come, share their stories with other listeners, and just be a community with each other. There are other, of course, herpes sites out there on Facebook, but this one I've created especially for you. So join me there. See you soon. As I stated in previous episodes, I would love for this podcast to be an interactive one, meaning I want to hear from my listeners, but y'all are not talking. (laughs) So as an incentive to get the conversation started, I will be doing a $25 gift card giveaway to one of my lucky listeners. Here are the stipulations. The gift card will go to the very first person who messages me via the anchor message option at the bottom of this screen. I want the message to tell me about your story. Tell me how old you were when you contracted the virus. How did you react when you contracted, when you learned that you contracted the virus? How did your partner react when you confronted them? And what is your dating life life is what is your dating life like now after contracted the virus? Please do not use your name in the recording. Because the recording will be subject to be included in one of my upcoming episodes. But be sure to include your email address so that I will be able to contact you um, to let you know that you've won the giveaway. The deadline for the giveaway will be December 17th. So good luck, everybody. Until next time, I'm your host, Yahira Jones. And this has been Dating with Herpes. See you next time. Stay blessed. Thank mm. you.